From the studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud tender, Gary Johnston. And welcome back to the Cannabis Podcast. If this is your first time joining us, well, an especially warm welcome. We're going to fill the next 30 minutes or so with a whole bunch of information on cannabis. In fact, we have spent the last two years together. If you've been listening for that long, we celebrate the second year of the Cannabis Podcast with this episode. And in so doing, we're going to highlight some stigma and how it affects us differently. I'm also going to review 14 tips that are purported to give you a better high we have a couple perspectives on Manitoba this episode as well. We're going to stop on Cultivar Corner for some space cake from Manitoba's Delta 9 cannabis. And we have a story about a Winnipeg neighborhood's problem with some cultivation issues. And then I'm going to talk about some joint memories, rolling them, smoking them, and not paying exorbitant fees for someone else to roll one for me. That and more is coming your way on the last episode of Season 2, Episode 59 of the Cannabis Podcast. And to kick off this episode, a little story that's uh, perhaps a bit ironic. This is about stigma. Here we are two years into cannabis legalization, two years of doing this podcast, promoting cannabis and being proud to jump up and shout loudly that I am a cannabis consumer and I'm not ashamed to admit it. And here's where the ironic story begins. I started getting ready for this episode by rolling a joint and smoking it. That's probably not unusual. If you've spent any time listening to this podcast, that's expected, right? The unusual factor was this was the first joint that I had rolled of some cannabis sent to me by a listener. Now, as I said, that's the first time that's happened. Rolled that up, was quite pleased with how it worked. Um, Not only uh, it smoked well, but it had a pretty good effect, which has fired me up for this particular episode. So this listener, he and I have been connected for a little while now, and I actually asked him to be a guest on the podcast because I thought it would be a fabulous conversation. He's just kind of gotten into growing, rediscovering his love for cannabis. And after having a pause, and it's kind of that pause that we'll talk about in a bit, but when he rediscovered his love for cannabis and started growing it, he really found that enthusiasm. And you can, you can hear it in his voice. You can, you can hear it in his words. Unbeknownst to me, he decided to send me a little sample from some of his grow this year, uh, a couple of different varieties. Uh, very pleased with both of them, in fact. So, uh, uh, to you, good on you. <laughs> uh, okay, let, let me let me find it. We'll, we'll call him we'll call him Jay, for lack of a better term. And and Jay grew some pretty good cannabis. I was quite pleased with it. In fact, that is what has inspired me for today. So, where does the irony come in? Well, the fact that. After I asked him if he would like to be a guest on the podcast, knowing that he has this enthusiasm, and I always like to talk to enthusiastic people, people who are enthusiastic about cannabis, and I thought he'd be a great guest, but he decided that he can't. And the reason is because of stigma, because of the stigma that basically is a result of his breakup with his ex-wife. And as I'm sure many of you have experienced, you have friends that have gone through that too. It can get pretty nasty. And oftentimes it's cannabis that's used as the excuse to create a monster in the other world. And that's exactly what happened to Jay. Prior to the separation, his wife was even uh, open to getting him cannabis gifts, bought him a grinder and a couple other accessories, you know, somewhat accepting his use of cannabis. 
But as soon as the divorce began, well, that's when it turned really, really nasty. And cannabis was used to turn our friend into a monster in the eyes of his ex-wife. And she wanted in the eyes of the court. So he basically had to get himself clean. And, and he did for a little while, which is fine. Of course, you do what you have to do in those circumstances, right? But for me, where it really becomes a sad story is that he doesn't want to be known for that. He doesn't want to come out there and say who he is and talk about what his life experience is now because he's still scared that at some point his wife is going to bring that up in further you know, dealings or, or interconnections with her. And that's just wrong. A after, after having legalized cannabis two years ago and changed so much, these kind of things are just still wrong. We should not feel th that we are taking our no, our world into our hands by admitting that we smoke cannabis and, and to be excited about sharing some of our experiences with that. And it really saddens me to hear these kind of situations and these kind of stories. And I just wish it, it, it wasn't that way. I, I still wish that we could get over this stigma and, and get rid of it. I'm getting tired of it. I think it's time we got to get rid of this damn stigma, stand up for ourselves and, and understand, you know, those who are reluctant to it. I'm I'm not saying that, you know, you're, you're not doing your part. It's just, I wish you didn't have to, I wish you didn't have to feel that way, that, that you don't have the right and the ability to, to stand up proudly and, and have that joint with the rest of us. Okay. I'll jump off my soapbox now. From the cannabis-infused studio in the clouds, this is the Cannabis Podcast. It's time to get down to business. How about we talk about 14 tips for a better high? This is thanks to the folks at Herb.co. Sure, you're high, but are you as high as you could be? Here are some tips and tricks to reach the ideal high, and we'll kind of assess them and see how we go. This is one that we've, uh, many in the industry, have long purported to know. And, and to throw out every once in a while when you want to impress a, a, a new user who, who doesn't know this fact, that's to eat a mango. There may, in fact, be a scientific reason that mangoes give you a better high, according to Medical Daily. And it has to do with a compound called myrcene terpenes, which helps THC get through the blood-brain barrier quicker. When you eat a mango about an hour before you smoke, it can give you a stronger, more euphoric high because the mango has uh, myrcene. And even better, that mango may stop you from eating all those unhealthy munchies, and it gives you a dose of helpful vitamins and nutrients as well. A better high and healthy eating? Well, what could be better? Also, you can crack a beer. Science is almost always right. A study published in 2001 in the journal Drug and Alcohol Dependence showed ethanol increased the rate at which participants felt the effects of marijuana. Also, respondents reported more episodes of euphoria and showed higher plasma THC levels, just be careful if you decide to mix the two, as alcohol and marijuana affect everyone's bodies differently. And I strongly suggest that. A lot of people cannot handle mixing their alcohol and their cannabis. Hit a gravity bong. Now, this is something that I've been looking at. I've seen a few videos about it. I've never actually tried a gravity bong, and I'm inspired by it, but I have a sneaky suspicion I would end up just coughing my lungs out. Many smokers swear by it, though. A gravity bong, sometimes called a bucket bong or a waterfall bong, uses gravity, often by releasing water to pull weed smoke into a container that the user then inhales from. Gravity bongs are something from another planet. They create huge clouds that will for sure get you higher than a regular joint, blunt, or regular bong. 
And that huge cloud can often deliver 25, 30 milligrams of THC to you. Besides, you can smoke your favorite concentrates in it as well. Just inhale already. Hey, if inhaling is good enough for President Barack Obama, then it's good enough for the rest of us. Sometimes people actually forget to inhale into their lungs. They just hold it into their mouths. So when you smoke, don't forget to inhale. And maybe remember to exhale too. Avoid a top shelf. When you smoke, avoid a top shelf, which happens when the inhalation doesn't get all the way to your lungs and gets caught in your chest, causing you to cough. To avoid this, try not to talk or laugh when you inhale. Yeah, we all suffer from that one on occasion. And grind it good. Grinding your weed gives it more surface area, which allows it to burn more evenly and slowly. So when you bust up that butt good, you get a better high. Cut it. Some cannabis enthusiasts argue that grinding weed causes more THC to be lifted out, whereas cutting the weed with sharp scissors still allows for a fine cut without the THC loss. Eh, I think that's a personally debatable point. Check the ingredients. To feel a good high, make sure your weed has ample THC, as this is the weed's psychoactive ingredient. Some medical marijuana intended for physical relief is low in THC, so its cerebral effects are not as strong. Show your bong a little THC to get the high you're looking for. And then check the strain. Similar to the above point, some marijuana strains are known for their highs, others for their lows. Esquire notes indica is for pain, anxiety, and sleeping problems because it dulls the mind. Sativa tends to make you higher and feel more energized. So when you smoke a hybrid, make the hybrid more sativa-heavy to counteract the powerful indica effects. Change your routine. If you usually smoke in the morning, try at night. You mean you're not supposed to smoke in all day parts? <laughs> Sorry for that personal interaction. Change your location or the music you listen to. The change in routine might change your perspective and give you a better high. Now, this one seems <laughs> kind of, you shouldn't have to state this one. Smoke strong weed. No matter what, weak weed just won't get you there as quickly or as efficiently as the good stuff. And they also provide a guide for some of the strongest strains in the world, including indica, sativa, and hybrid strains. So you might want to check that out. Roll the joint properly. In fact, I'm going to be talking about this a little bit later to finish off this episode. A properly rolled joint burns evenly, has no seeds or stems, and provides a better high. It takes a few seconds longer to roll a joint properly, but those seconds are well worth it to get a few feet higher in the clouds. They suggest Raw's 100% organic chemical-free rolling papers. Uh, I use a number of different papers. I have used Raw's. I also use a lot of zigzags. Smoke how you smoke best. If you find that being around certain people kills your high, well, don't smoke with them. If you get the best high by yourself, smoke alone. It's that simple. And I often state that when people come in looking for a particular experience, you know, they want to get giggly or they, or they want to, you know, have a really good time. I say, well, a lot of that is dependent on you and the people that you are with. <laughs> it is your people entourage that really determines how your high is going to go and, and how well you're going to enjoy it. And then don't fake it. Fake it till you make it does not work when it comes to weed. If you're not high, don't act like you are. It won't get you there any faster, and all you'll do is annoy the people around you. And of course, no two people will experience the exact same high. What works for one person might not work for another. So try out each of the above tips and see what works best for you. And that is so true. Cannabis is such a unique experience. And because each of our endocannabinoid systems are unique, the experience we have is unique to us. 
there is no blanket statement that says this is how this particular weed is going to affect you. So get out there, experiment some more with it, and hopefully some of those 14 tips might give you a better high next time. THC, CBD, terpene profiles, what's in me? Oh, please explain to me. Cultivar Corner, Cultivar Corner, oh yeah. Cultivar Corner, please explain this stuff to me. And here we are on Cultivar Corner today. We are actually going to a different part of the country than we have gone to before. We've done a lot of BC bud. We've done some Nova Scotian bud, the Eastern Dank we did a couple of episodes ago. So today, we are actually going to stop kind of halfway across our country in Manitoba, province where I lived for a few years, worked in radio in Manitoba. I haven't been back there for a number of years, and I've talked about it on the podcast a couple of times where Manitoba seems to be a very difficult place to smoke cannabis, illegal to smoke it in outdoor spaces. Uh, We talked about that with the Winnipeg Folk Festival and how weird that is to be in a big open park and not being able to smoke cannabis at such an event, but I'm digressing a little bit. Today, I want to talk about a both a company and a product that is coming out of Manitoba. This is some Manitoba-grown cannabis we're talking about today, and the company itself is Manitoba-grown. It's Delta 9. Delta 9 is the company, and I've always been intrigued just simply by their company name because, of course, Delta 9 THC is what gets us high. I thought that was pretty brilliant of them to pick Delta 9 right from the beginning. So let me give you a bit of background on Delta 9. First of all, Delta 9 is a Manitoba company. In 2018, they established their 80,000 square foot production facility in East Winnipeg. And they have now grown from two to 150 employees. So Delta 9 is the growers. And in fact, they have a number of stores as well. They are hoping to have, what are they looking to have? In by 2021, they hope to have 20 retail stores operating in Manitoba. I haven't seen any in BC, so I'm assuming that they are just Manitoba at the moment. But luckily for us, they are sending some of our their product our way. And the product we're taking a peek at today on Cultivar Corner is Delta 9's Space Cake. Hmm, kind of a cool name too. And I've had a number of people who purchased this in the store over the last couple of weeks. And almost to a person, they came back and said, that is fabulous weed. You got to try it. So here we are. Uh, and I think it's time to pop the top and see what happens with Delta 9. And there we go, these child-proof packaging. <laughs> now, when I look at the uh, write-up for Delta for Space Cake on Delta 9, and there's, here's what it says. It's like staring into a star-filled galaxy. This bud has dark purple accents and bright glimmering trichomes coated all over. It's an exotic flower with a good density and medium-sized buds. Upon opening the container... Oh, you're met with a pungent, slightly skunky aroma. Oh, yeah, there's that hint of skunk. Mmm, and a real hint of sweetness, too. And after the grind, the aroma introduces a more earthy undertone to it. So the THC on Space Cake is reported to be between 17 and 22%. Well, I guess I got ripped off. (laughs) Well, maybe not entirely ripped off, but it's just a little lower than that, 16.6% is what the THC is. But as we've talked about many times, it's not just the high THC level. It's what the terpenes that are making up that particular strain. And once again, I'm very pleased to see that Delta 9 is giving us the terpenes right on the page. So as listed on their website, the top five terps in Space Cake, caryophylline, limonene, neurolidol, humulene, and pinene. And it is a hybrid. 
And the interesting thing I found as well, when I look at the, uh, at the page that I have, of course, posted back at cannabispodcast.com, the label that is showing shows space cake, a hybrid Manitoba grown. Well, my label doesn't say Manitoba grown. <laughs> it just says space cake. So really impressed with the aroma on that. I'm pulling out my first bud and take a look and see if we can see some of those dark purple accents inside of here, the trichome laden buds. And yeah, there's some purple notes there. I'm going to pull out just a slightly bigger bud and take a peek at that. Oh yeah, there we go. Oh, really some nice purple notes on that. Pull on my jeweler's loop, take a peek and see what we, what we got deep inside of that. Oh, then you really see the purple. Oh, wow. <laughs> deep, dark purple buds. Now, are they trichome laden? Let's take a peek. If I had initially taken a look at it without seeing their breakdown, I'm not sure I would say trichome laden. Although there are a significant amount of trichomes and a lot of them are, it looks like we've got at least 80% amber. Okay, now I'm seeing, yeah, okay. It is pretty trichome laden. <laughs> I think it's time to get down to the important part of here and let's have a taste of this. I'm going to roll myself up a joint, get something ready in the vaporizer and we will check out Space Cake by Delta 9. True to the point, they did mention, so after the grind, the aroma introduces a bit of an earthy undertone and, hmm, absolutely does. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this based on every all the feedback that I've had prior to trying this. A lot of people really like this space cake. Let's give it a try. And of course we do the joint so that we can confirm that we get a nice white ash off of that. No residuals left in the grow at the time of uh, going to sale. There's a couple of hits off of that one. Mmm, like the taste. There's a, a bit of earthiness there. A bit of that skunkiness, too, that used to be so prevalent in much of our cannabis. Now, the buds were not huge in this, but they were decent size as well uh, and well cured. Again, I didn't have to do a whole lot in the grinder. They, they broke up pretty well, so I'm pleased by that. Mmm, holy. And wham, I just got hit with my happy eyes. <laughs> I'm also doing this as a wake and bake on the first of my days off as I get this episode ready to head out this weekend. And by the way, as we've already talked about, this is the last episode of season two of the Cannabis Podcast. So I'm really thrilled that not only have I picked a good tasty one for Cultivar Corner, but it's a pretty good bang too. <laughs> because I think this may be the day that I use my wake and bake status. And I take some of that energy and get out there and put up my Christmas lights, which for me is unusual because I usually tend to, I have a birthday in December and I don't like doing too much Christmassy until after that birthday is over. But once again, I digress, which might be an indication of exactly how high I'm getting with that. So there's the joint. Now I'm going to quickly fire up the vaporizer and I want to really have a taste of Space Cake by Delta 9. So I've been pretty impressed with it so far. Lovely taste. Uh, did not burn harsh. The ash was nice and white. Didn't give me any coughing coming out of that. So appreciative of that. And again, I've, I've already got my happy eyes. And that is always something that pleases me on a wake and bake day. Anytime you can get that start for the day and just have that, mm, that burst of euphoria, say, here I am, day. Let's see what I can do with you. 
And here we go. So here's the vaporizer with Delta 9 Space Cake. Oh, the earthy tones really come out in the vaporizer. Oh, do they ever. Really a strong earthiness to that. And smooth, just a real nice smoke. Quite enjoy how that, how that tastes. Mm, enjoy how that goes in. Mm. And loving the taste of that. And of course, I also uh, want to point out the disclaimer that they have on the Delta 9 page at the bottom. Always start low and go slow when it comes to consuming any form of cannabis. And if you want to learn more, you can do so at knowmylimits.ca. And that's a website that's worth checking out just to see some of the pieces that they have in there. And speaking of worth checking out, <laughs> oh yeah, there's the happy eyes. There's that euphoria. I have woke and boke. Is that right? <laughs> I've waked and baked. I'm not really sure what the tense is on that one, but nonetheless, uh, I'm pretty pleased with the high from this guy. I have another one that we may hang on for next time, and that's another one from Delta 9, and that is one called Sonola Gold. I've also heard really good things about that one, so I'm not sure if I'll be able to hang on to that one before the next episode comes in, but I'll, I'll, I'll tease you with it. Maybe we'll do a cultivar corner on that. And also, I got sent some cannabis my very first time that I have ever been sent cannabis from a listener. And I'm scheduling that for a visit on Cultivar Corner. Uh, probably we'll do that next episode as well. So there you go. There's the wrap up on Space Cake by Delta 9 Cannabis out of Winnipeg, Manitoba-grown cannabis. And uh, you're doing a pretty good job, Manitoba. And just a couple of subsidiary items. Mexico, did you hear the news? Mexico Senate has approved sweeping cannabis legalization. Their lawmakers are rushing to secure approval before the end of the current congressional session in mid-December. If given the green light, the law would allow the recreational, scientific, medical, and industrial uses of cannabis, a major shift in the country where drug cartel violence in recent years has claimed over 100,000 lives. This is pretty big news. And, of course, that's a pretty big cannabis market as well. So I've given you the link to the tiny little story on the National Post. Mexico senators approved sweeping cannabis legislation. Hopefully, well, they'll join Canada soon in being a country where cannabis is legalized. And I just want to touch on this story ever so briefly because the, the tone of the story is actually not one that I'm kind of in favor of, but it, it shows kind of what's going on in our world with the different, kind of relates as well to the stigma that we started off talking about this episode. That stigma is still out there and it is pretty severe. Like, for example, here's a story from the CBC and the headline, this is about Winnipeg. What kind of grandfather needs 140 plants? Neighbors fed up with dozens of medical marijuana grow ops. That's the headline in this story. The residents have taken their complaints of horrific orders to City Hall. It's people living in several North Winnipeg neighborhoods who say that they have become prisoners in their own homes since their neighbors sold their houses to new owners who have turned them into medical marijuana grow operations. The smell is horrific, said Edie Calisto Tavares. Calisto Tavares owns her own business and, like many, is now working from home because of the COVID-19 pandemic. She and her husband started going for daily walks around the neighborhood in March and began to notice a strong odor around certain homes, she said. We thought it was winter and probably the skunks are hibernating, she said. I started talking to neighbors and they said, well, that's not skunks, that's pot or marijuana. I said, what? 
well, why would it be smelling? And they said, because they're growing it in our neighborhoods. CBC News, who this story was done by, knocked on the doors of 36 homes suspected of housing medical marijuana grow ops. Most appeared vacant, and almost all of the houses had security cameras set up outside. And in some cases, cannabis could be smelled from the street. CBC also obtained land title documents and permits for each address and found 34 of the houses had recently upgraded electrical panels. Ten of the homes had previous electrical permits in which city inspectors said they had been used to grow cannabis. On one particular street in Amber Trails, there are four homes being used to grow medical marijuana. A woman who answered the door at one of the houses said all are licensed by Health Canada, but she couldn't say how many plants they are allowed to grow. Winnipeg police say they received numerous complaints about suspected cannabis grow ops in residential neighborhoods, and while the concerns are understandable, if the growers have a Health Canada license for medical marijuana, there's not much police can do. The Winnipeg Police Service is restricted by privacy legislation, including the Personal Health Information Act, from disclosing information to the public regarding activity authorized by Health Canada. Manitoba Justice said its Public Safety Investigations Unit has looked into 16 complaints about marijuana grow ops so far this year, but couldn't say if any were found to be illegal. A spokesperson said while all complaints are investigated, they are kept confidential. And you can read the rest of that story for yourself. The reason why I hesitated in diving too far into it is it generated an awful lot of talk on social media after this story was out in that there was just this this bias and, and this emphasis on the medical marijuana aspect of these grow ops and how the number of plants they were growing was really what the problem was. Still an issue, obviously, uh, but an interesting perspective, and you can come to your own conclusion on how you feel about those particular grow ops in Winnipeg. And I thought it kind of appropriate, based on the subject matter of today and the fact that this is the last episode of season number two, to kind of take a step back and go back to the way it used to be back before we had vaporizers and all that stuff when the usual way you smoke some cannabis was in a joint. And I mean, I, I do smoke a lot in my vaporizers, but I also still like to smoke a joint. <laughs> and one of the reasons why I like to smoke a joint is because I still like to roll a joint. And this came up recently. I mean, we... Oh, just just one moment and let me light this joint again. We spend an awful lot of time serving customers who are into the store for one particular item, and that is a pre-roll. A lot of pre-rolls. And a lot of pre-rolls. I mean, we have some people that come in on a daily basis and they buy a ton of pre-rolls. And <laughs> I mean, I get it, you know, in a, in a party situation, somebody can spend a couple hundred dollars easily on pre-rolls, but it's not the best use of your cannabis money, in my opinion. <laughs> Even their cheapest one is six ninety nine, I think, for, for a half gram. And, you know, so that would make, what, a gram, 12, 13 bucks, which is probably not what you want to be paying for your cannabis on a daily basis. But it got me to thinking about the ritual of, of rolling a joint. And that's part of the fun of rolling a joint. Is that, is that ritual? And, you know, you got the grinder and, or whether you're using scissors or a grinder, it used to be scissors back in the day before, I was going to say before grinders were invented, but, but before grinders were used more, more usually uh, in cannabis, I'm sure they were invented a long time ago. Kind of like terpenes, right? Terpenes have existed for thousands of years, but we just discovered them in the last five years. 
So <laughs> here you are, you got, you got your grinded cannabis, you, you get out your paper, whatever papers you like to use. And we all have our favorite. I use zigzag blues more often. Uh, I find the cut corners kind of useful. I mean, I can roll in anything, but I do kind of like those. That's been my go-to paper for a number of years. You got it all lined up. You drop in your cannabis, you even that out across the bottom, you roll up that lip and tuck it inside and just kind of wiggle your cannabis so it's even across that top, lick the end, and you got yourself a beautifully smooth joint from end to end. It's a wonderful experience, not only rolling it, but also smoking it. And I guess I developed my, my love for doing that back in, back in the day when I used to go to attend parties. And I, and I guess every party had one of them, one of us, sometimes there were even two of us. And that was the guy in the corner who's there rolling joints and rolling joints all night long. So I had that role in many of the places that I went to. People would come in, toss their bag at me and said, Jonathan, roll. <laughs> and so I would. I, I took my orders quite, quite literally. And I also made it worthwhile for myself. One for them, one for me, one for them, one for me. Thought it was kind of a fair exchange. <laughs> And that's where, when you roll that much, you, you kind of get good at it. You can do it fairly quickly and fairly consistently as well. And I guess the other odd thing about myself and the way I roll joints is I have never been a filter guy. I'm still not really. If I'm rolling a joint, well, okay, let me go back. Pre-COVID days, if I was rolling a joint to share with friends, then I would put a filter in it. But other than that, I still don't use a filter in my in my joints. I just roll them well enough and curl off the end that I don't get any cannabis coming into my mouth. Okay. Yes, I do have roaches, but I'm also, I guess I've been a cannabis consumer for so long that, and, and just in case you aren't familiar with that term, uh, roach is simply the end of the cannabis joint that has not yet been smoked. And that's what we call a roach. And as I was saying, I have been a consumer for so long that I am still of the ilk I have a container that has a bunch of roaches, which at their very heart are still fresh cannabis. Yes, they have a bit of a, the smell of some smoke cannabis that has passed through them, but they are still fully engaged in full THC cannabis. And there were days in my life or times in my life where the cannabis was scarce and those jars of roaches came in really, really handy. I don't really do that anymore. I, I kind of just toss my roaches away. I'm not storing them for, for use in, in a future time just because cannabis is so readily accessible now and I don't need to worry about that. But back in the day, uh, there were times when you didn't, you know, especially just before harvest season in the fall, the late summertime uh, in certain areas of British Columbia used to be really dry times for being able to access cannabis. So you had to, you know, get ready for it when, when it was there. But rolling that, I still really enjoy it. And, and I just can't see why someone can't take the time, the small amount of time. And even if you want to use a rolling machine, which I have done, I did pick up a raw machine. I thought, well, I've always rolled my own joints. So let me see what this is all about. And picked one up. It's pretty easy. Sure. It makes it pretty easy. But I was chatting with a new girl who just started at the store and she was joking that uh, she could roll it faster in the machine than I could by hand. I, and I don't think so. Uh, I still think that a hand rolling is going to be faster than the machine. And that means starting off with your ground cannabis, you know, everybody at the same stage 
and loading it up. So I have tried it and, and I do realize that it makes it a little bit easier to, to roll your joints, but I'm still a, a hand roller. And I just wish I could convince more people that spending those, I mean, we have some pre-rolls that are 20, $25 for no, a gram and a half, uh, which buy that, buy that strain, buy a pack of papers and roll your own joints and, and save yourself a ton of money. Of course, people in the industry are probably not happy with my, my remarks in that regard because we sell a lot of pre-rolls. Uh, they are a big seller and there's a lot of people that like them and they probably don't want people to know how to roll their own joints. But I propose that that's something if you have not rolled your own joint, take it on as a project. Pick up your, a rolling machine and you can get one from Raw or any of the stores that you want to go to. We have one at Spirit Leaf as well. Pick up a rolling machine, practice a little bit and roll your own joints. I think you'll enjoy it. As usual, if you have anything you'd like to comment on, send a note to info at CannabisPodcast.com. You'll also find the links to the things we talked about today at CannabisPodcast.com underneath the episode. I always like to hear from you, so feel free to comment anytime. That wraps it up for the last episode of the second season of the Cannabis Podcast. From the cannabis-infused studio, high above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on Podcon X. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at thetalkinghedgepodcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out.